Welcome to the Graybeard Chronicles podcast. Your hosts, Brian Halstead and Kevin Harkins, are two gray-bearded patriots who love God, their family and friends, and their country. The Graybeards are here to inspire, inform, and educate you on a myriad of topics they are passionate about. Brian and Kevin have a strong desire to share this with you to help you live your best life. Sit back and enjoy this amazing podcast as the Graybeards pass along the wisdom of the ages. Well, hello and welcome everyone to episode number 11, 11. of the Graybeard Chronicles. Wow. Okay. I so know we, we said, well, we talked about you were going to stop celebrating that, but no, we're not, right? We're not going to stop. You said we weren't. No, right. we can't. It's I a wonder, big deal. I wonder if the day will come where we just don't mention that. So, so I sat with a guy the other day that has been doing, doing a podcast for like seven years uh, called Talking Lead, and they talk about guns and, and so on. And he just finished. How often does he do it? Just curious. At least weekly, sometimes more than once a week. But he wow. just finished, I think when we recorded uh, this past week, it was going to be like episode number 318. Is he? And he calls it out still, what what episode number it is. Okay. Yeah, that's right. 52 weeks in a year. That's, that's a number of years. Right, right. And he's learned all kinds of cool stuff and... Uh, you know, he, um, he, he was you know, very helpful when, when we decided to start this, and I called him and asked him about some, you know, technical questions and, you know, as far as website hosting for podcasts. And so, Marty and, uh, and, and the folks here at Talking Lead, thank you. Thank you very much for, uh, for your info and uh, your inspiration. That's and, a nice uh, shout-out. Yeah. Has he figured out, I'm assuming he's figured out how to make a living doing it? I, you know, he's got some other things going on, um, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's doing very well with it. Awesome. I love that. I love all success stories. So what are we talking about tonight? Well, uh, it's your topic. I'll, I'll uh, read the title and then you tell me why. I, I think I know why, but I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to ask you anyway. And it's about the subject of grief. And the title is Good Grief. Understanding emotions after loss. There may be a few people in the audience who have listened to this podcast and only this podcast and don't necessarily know some of the things that have been going on in, in your life in particular. But why don't you why don't you share with us why you came up with this topic, if you would? Yes, and I, I'm happy to share with you. Um, this is a um, a topic that is certainly real time um, for me. Um, I guess the, the quick and short answer to why I picked this topic is because people, m- me included, and people I care about and love are hurting. And I believe that through conversation, the two of us can share some information that may be helpful for some of those folks. And I would do anything to help ease some of the pain that some of those folks are dealing with. And I know that it's not something we can make go away. Um, and at the same time, I, I, I know that when you open your mind to learn from other people, you can often learn new and better ways to deal with stuff. And I, I just, I, I want that to be the outcome for these folks and, and to maybe get just a little tidbit that helps them process this stuff a little bit differently and, and eases their pain a little bit. Yeah, maybe there's some some little thing. I remember somebody told me years ago that you're speaking to somebody and they catch a little piece of information that you 
you never knew that you even really uh, were putting out there as part of your key subject matter that you're trying to express, but they catch a little something and that has more importance to them than anything else you said. Maybe there's little little pieces of those right. those catches that are out there I, for people. I, I often say when I'm doing a speaking presentation that I will uh, at some point during this presentation say something that is directly intended for one of you in the audience. There you go. Now, I'm not sure who it is yeah. or at what time it's going to occur. I just know based on experience, it happens. I'm talking to you. Pay attention. Absolutely. I've also had people, actually a, a, a guy that uh, I reconnected with not, not long ago at a, a lob talk here. Um, he was sitting in the audience one day and he he had this, uh, we, we were doing a uh, presentation on leadership and he had this this kind of um, not so happy look on his face and you know we were my co-presenter uh, Ann Bird we were kind of you know concerned and we were talking about it on the break like you know uh, maybe he's not getting what we're what we're putting out there yeah. he doesn't doesn't seem to yeah. rece- be receiving it all that well and actually we found out later he came up and, and talked with us afterwards and it was actually quite the opposite he was getting a ton out of it and what we were seeing was his own internal frustration about things that he could be doing differently. And that was what was manifesting outwardly on his face. And, yeah. you know, and we didn't, you know, we didn't know that, but um, he shared that with us afterwards. Physical was, manifestation yeah. of what was going on inside his head. Yep, absolutely. And that has proven to be true for these lob talks and many other, just like you've experienced time and time again, people will walk away with, I mean, you have these, here's my five points I want you to take out of this presentation. And what they catch has nothing to do with those five points. And yet that's the most powerful thing to them. So maybe there's something in tonight's conversation. It is night, by the way, for those of you who don't know. We record on Monday nights, and it's literally dark out here on the patio. Six Bears and a Goat Brewery, once again, which is our normal place and as long as we can until maybe there's snow on the ground. <laughs> right. We At some point, we're, right. we're either going to have to dress differently or go inside. Right. Right. We'll, we'll see when that happens. All right. So, good grief is in the is in the title. What is good grief to you? What 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 does that mean? So grief grief to me is a um, a necessary evil in order to love because it's the byproduct of loving someone. Mm-hmm. When you lose them, you grieve their loss. Okay. And I also think that it can be done in a productive way, in a way that doesn't completely turn your world upside down. And you know the reason the reason I think that's important is because I know, you know, personally speaking, if something were to happen to me, you know, I wouldn't want folks that loved and cared about me to have a crappy existence going forward as a result you know I wouldn't want them to be unhappy I would want them to productively deal with the grief and understand that you know this is a process that you have to go through and figure out how to how to get through that grief productively so that you can continue to have a happy and productive life and preserve the the memories and and, and move, you know, 
we talked a little bit before we started here, and I, I listened to a woman's podcast the other day who had lost her husband and a and a child, and you know she was she was doing a TED talk, and I can't really I, I apologize I can't remember her name, but she uh, she's talking about her loss and, and kind of made a joke of how much fun she is to hang around with um, because that's you know how she starts the conversation, but she um, she said that she surveyed a bunch of women that were dealing with similar losses and tried to identify things that people say to them that cause them great agitation during this time, right? So folks are trying to, to be supportive and, and trying to express their condolences and their support and so on. And people say things and they don't necessarily you know, know how that's going to land on people. So they, she did kind of this informal survey and ultimately what she came up with as the number one thing that folks found to be irritating during this process yeah. was when someone said for them to move on. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to move yeah, on. Absolutely. And for folks that are grieving, moving on can mean abandonment or, or forgetting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. Right. I don't think you you know. And, and that was her point: is you don't you don't want to move on because you want to honor the memory. You want to cherish those memories of those that have you, you have lost, and you want to move forward. And that was her recommendation, is to reframe it. Don't move on. Move forward with those memories and with that person in you internally and continue to live your life. So that person, while they're physically gone, they're with you every single day, everywhere you go, every waking, every sleeping hour. They're more with you now than potentially they ever were when they were here in the physical world. Yeah, and the, the thing that what you're talking about is, you're right, because I, as, I, as you were talking, thinking about the own, uh, my own periods of grief that I've been through um, as a result of loss and, and difficulty and other things, is you're right, you, you gotta learn how to cope with what you're dealing with and continue to move forward. And uh, I came across this, Winston Churchill quote, which I've seen before, and I've seen it many times, and I was reminded of it today, and, and that is this, and this is to your moving forward. If you're going through hell, keep going. That's what Winston, Church, Winston Churchill said. If you're going through hell, keep going. And his point being that eventually you're going to start to see things a little bit differently. You're going to learn how to honor the memory in the right way. Uh, Coping is, I think, a good word. Maybe it's not exactly the right word because I think coping might tend to almost sound like a compromise or something. Somehow in this context, it's not feeling right to me. But honor the memory and keep moving forward. Just like Because you are going through hell. It's lost for a while. Right. And um, one of the other really big lessons that I've learned in my life watching people go through grief periods as well as going through it myself is and I was thinking about examples today, nobody, every single circumstance is different and everybody grieves differently. Right. And sometimes people want to come along and say, boy, you're, you're not grieving properly. <laughs> right. I, well, there is no proper way to grieve. Everybody does it in their own way. You need to... Exp, um, yeah, it's def need, definitely an individual process. It's an individual process. And you said the right word too. It's a, it's a process. And it's, I'll throw this caveat out there though. I think there's many right ways to do it, and there's also some wrong ways to do it. And I, and I think, 
you know, that's that's when it troubles me when I see somebody that's grieving going into a, a negative spiral and not, you know, not getting any better or not working to move forward. Um, that's that's when it, it really bothers me to see somebody that I, I love and care about that's in that um, situation. And, you know, you, you feel you feel obligated to make an effort to, to help them. And it's difficult because you have to really tiptoe around right. their feelings and their emotions and make an offer to you know help them or, or, or get them help in, in, in whatever way you can right. without offending them right you know you certainly don't want them to feel like you're you're callous or uncaring um, and at the same time you know obviously you're not because you're concerned about their well-being and the fact that they're in this negative spiral and you want to help them out of it in some way and you know at the same time you know I have to call out I am certainly not a mental health professional I'm not a professional Neither on, one of us on, are. on right. grief right um, and you know the title of this podcast is the Greybeard Chronicles well right. graybeards you know teenagers don't have gray beards that's right right so we've been around the block a time or two and we have both dealt with some grief and productively myself in times past and sometimes maybe not so productively and and uh you know, I just, I think the intent and the, and the spirit of these podcasts is to, to share information that, um, that we found to, to work for us and, and, and work for others and, you know, throw it out there and, and something's going to land on somebody and, and, uh, and help them do it differently. Yeah, like, so, like, with half the people out there in America have been through a failed marriage. I have, I am one of those people. And that was a... A, a grieving process that I'll share some information about that um, I wish somebody had come along earlier. I, I put out the vibe. First of all, when I went through this, and everybody who's been through this can relate to it, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed, you feel like a failure. You know, you, you go through all of these various things. And for a while, I was putting out this vibe to everybody like, just stay away from me leave me alone, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to deal with it. But the problem was, just like you said, you stay in that state too long and the spiral starts to go, the downward spiral starts to go. And you need somebody to sort of grab you and shake you and say, you gotta move forward. You know, don't wallow in this place that you're at forever. Multiply that times a whole bunch of other different things in our lives that we that we go through but that was one for me where you what you just said really applied and that was somebody needs to come along and just, just sort of hey wake up right uh, quit isolating yourself you're not an island you're part of a community you got to quit hiding away you got to quit being a recluse and come back to reality come back to society come back to your friends and family and be normal again it's a new normal because there's, you know, right. every time you go through something like this, your normal changes. But you gotta, you gotta get back on your feet and and keep moving forward. And that's the phrase I'm gonna use from now on because I like it. Move. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing uh, another aspect of, of grief, right? So, um, a divorce. You know, grief does not have to be the death of a loved one, right? Grief can come in in other ways, right? You can experience grief. Um, I, I think, and other people might think I'm crazy for saying this, I think you can, you can grieve the loss of a job, 
Um, you can you know, grieve the loss yep. of a friendship. Yep. Um, lots of lots of things uh, where where grief can can crop up, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the extreme case of the death of a loved one um, that uh, that causes you to experience grief. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to ask you a question. I was thinking today about what is what what are the periods of grief that I have been through, and I I I considered myself to live a pretty sheltered life, young, and it wasn't a lot of things that were going on around me that caused me to grieve. You know, might have lost a baseball game someplace along the way, but I mean, really big grief. And I was thinking, where where did I first really grieve? And the thing that immediately popped to mind was the breakup of, with my girlfriend, my first love. That was devastating to me at the time. And I can remember it today as if it just happened. The feelings, the thoughts. I mean, there was this girl that I was sure I was destined to be with. I was gonna marry and live happily ever after. We were gonna have lots of kids. And then I got the Dear John letter when I went off to college. And I remember that, I mean, that was a very, very pain. I, and it was grieving for a couple years. And so, yes, your point is grief can come in, as a result of all types of incidents. And my question to you is, what was your first big encounter with, with grief? Damn it. Damn it, Kevin. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had a great answer for that. And, uh, and it, wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the first one, as it turns out. Because when you were telling that story, I'm like, oh, my goodness. There, uh, yeah, I, there were a couple times with um, females in, in my much younger days where, yeah, it, uh, I, I got, uh, got dumped, yep. got, the, yep. got the dear yeah. Bryant letter. Right, right. And, man, that's, that's no fun. That's no fun for anybody. But I, I can think back even younger than that, like, um, you know, early teens um, and these, these camping trips that we used to take and and a lot of times there would be folks from out of out of town in this same area and you know you develop these relationships over the summer on the weekends and then you go back to school and you don't get to see them anymore and it's just man that was I remember it being devastating yeah. and there there were a couple of situations like that with with early girlfriends man yeah <laughs> I could have done without I, those memories, yeah, I, Kevin. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry for dredging all that up. No, no, it's all and, good. You know, it's like like I said, those are all experiences that make you, you know, who you are, right? I think you need to to learn how to deal with those things, just like, you know, the death of a of a pet. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to to see the the grieving. I mean, you know, you know when you get a pet, the chances are you're going to outlive it, right? Correct. I mean, that's just the way that works. Right. And Unless yet, you're 85 years right, old and then, you know. <laughs> right. And then, you know, but you do it anyways, right? You get this pet right. and you fall in love with it. And right. then, you know, it lives a good, healthy life and, and you treat it awesome and then it dies. And you, you grieve that loss. And I think um, that children that have the opportunity to grieve the loss of a pet when they're younger are better suited to deal with loss That's later on in, in their life because it won't be the first time that they've felt those feelings. Yeah, and they've, they've learned how to deal with them a little bit. One of the things that I also was thinking about was uh, I, I've lost both of my parents, and 
I grieved both of them differently, and which is why I know that every time you go through some significant event, it can be different. But the thing that was really interesting about my folks, who you know I just absolutely adore and worship and honor and cherish um, what they did for me, and I have I hold them in the highest regard, both of them. But but when they finally passed, both of them. I didn't have this overwhelming sense of sadness and deep, you know, sort of mourning and depression. And the reason that I didn't, because people were saying, how can you not have that with your parents? They're your parents. Is because both of my parents had a long, slow path. My father died of Alzheimer's. My mother died of dementia. And you see it coming for years. And so the mourning process you go through in those circumstances, it's long and it's slow. And so by the time both of them passed, you were you had grieved for literally years already. Right. And so by the time it was actually in many ways a relief in in the case of both of them, because their suffering had finally stopped. And and so you just never know how people are going to react. Because I remember. Um, my, my father died first, my mother died a couple years later. I was laying in bed thinking about my parents and I was thinking, you know, I don't have this, this heart-wrenching pain in my heart about them not being here anymore. And it's because I had already done that. I had done right. that at a, you know, at a slow, gradual descent. Well, and you'd watch their quality of life dwindle. Right. right. And that's, that's, yeah, that's a grieving process right. in and of itself. Right. Yeah, I think the... In, in, in my experience and in, in listening to others talk about grief, the, um, the sudden and unexpected loss is, uh, Those is, are, tough. are the ones that are really difficult to, to deal with. Um, no. doesn't mean you can't do so productively. It just, you're caught off guard. You know, I mean, it could be somebody you were talking with an hour ago and boom, and, something and bad happens. The things that is particularly difficult about um, your brothers that, you know, are still lost at sea are you just don't know you don't know there's that 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 necessary desired closure that people want to know about what happens with other people it's just it's like trying to grab a ghost right. it's not there you can't get it and uh, that is that is really really tough to deal with and uh, you know your heart goes out to them and and what do you do in those circumstances with those people? How do you, how do you help those people grieve? How do we, as a support network, help those people get through those kind of circumstances? What are your What are your thoughts on that? Well, in this real time scenario, I think the um, the biggest thing for me is I have not given up hope, and yeah. I will never give up hope. Right. Right. So, you know, we mentioned yeah, the, 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 un, yeah, right. the unknown. Right? right. So I I believe that those folks could still be alive and well out there and waiting for somebody to find them. Yep. And until something happens to show me otherwise, I'm going to continue to believe that. OK. And you know, there have been scenarios where it's happened. So folks have been out at sea many, adrift many for over a year. Yes. And, and survived. So while I would not wish that on anyone. I, I still believe it is absolutely a possibility that those guys are out there waiting and hoping to be rescued. 
and uh, doing everything that they can to survive. And until, like I said, until I see evidence otherwise, that's what I'm going to continue to believe. And I also, at the same time, am continuing to cherish memories that I have. Now, I only know one of those gentlemen, right? So Zuko, right. Justin right. Walker is right. the only one that I know personally. And um, not a day Justin goes and by, Brian, right? Yeah. right? Justin right. and Brian, and not a day goes by that I'm not, I'm not thinking about something that you know reminds me of, of, of him, or I drive by, and uh, and see something that reminds me of, of him. It's just it, it, it's constant because it's in the forefront of my mind, right. and I think that um, you know the biggest thing is we're not alone in this, right? So there's lots of people that love and care about both of those men. And I think we need to surround each other, you know, be surrounded with each other and continue to be support for one another in this difficult time. As I was preparing for tonight, I saw, I'll call it a wheel diagram that, that talked about helping people grieve, being part of their support network. And there were, there were imagine a circle, you know, with arrows that point to the next part of the circle and it just goes around and around. And the first part was check in check in with them just as simple as that how are you doing ask them how they're doing um, and then listen once you once you hear that offer step two offer love and support so love is easy you can you know you can mourn with them you can cry with them you can hug them you can but the support that's that's action oriented that is you going out and finding people who are willing to give money for flight hours to search for them at sea. That is people bringing food to their house. That is people babysitting their children. That is, so step two, offer love and support and all of the things associated with that, which can get very complicated and difficult. And step three, repeat. Check in, offer love and support, repeat. Check in, offer love and support and repeat. That's not my idea. But I actually like that That's very ideal. much. That's yes, absolutely. Right. That is spot on, I believe. Right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so we talked about the uh, the fact that there are some documented or well recognized steps of of grief that folks supposedly go through, right? And mm-hmm. there are five of them. Right. And we wanted to call those out because um, both Kevin and I have a similar uh, mindset about these things. So the list of, of those five are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I think what we both agree on is those five are not written in stone. You know, you, Not even close, you know, we mentioned right. earlier that grief is an individual process and you're going to go through it in your own way. And you may experience some of those. You may experience all of them. There isn't a particular order. I think the only one that could poten- you know, potentially be uh, ordered is the, is the last one of acceptance. And beyond that, I think, um, I think there's not a, you know, you do this and then you do this and you're going to feel this and then you have to do this and you'll get through this and you know it, it doesn't work that way you, you could bounce back and forth between those um, and there could be lots of other emotions that you feel too 
Um, I mean, these these it's, make sense, right? So denial, there, yes. I mean, that's yes. absolutely that's right. a right. you know that's the first thing that uh, you may very well feel, and you know, anger definitely plays in there. You know, why? They're probably all valid, but yeah. they're not necessarily in order, and they're not the only five. There are many others. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a there's a framework there. Some people can grab hold of it and they need it. But I, I think about denial, for example, the very first one. Yeah. And I think back to my parents. There was no denying what, what was going on with my parents. You know, they had what they had. They did what they did. They passed away. And uh, when they passed away, that, that, you know, I'm just, that was an example of. Right. Um, I think some, the problem that I have with the five is I don't like putting people in boxes. There you go. You know, I don't, I don't believe that, you know, that, that we are, everything, you know, that works for you will work for me and vice versa. I, I believe we're all individuals and different things are going to work for each one of us. And, and uh, yeah, you just can't put people in boxes. You got to let them deal with stuff on their own in their own individual way yeah another one i thought about the, the anger is one of them and i that one i can absolutely vouch for we mentioned on a previous podcast uh, in fact the very first podcast on suicide both of us have experienced that um, through people that we know that have done that and i remember you know the, the guy who owned the brewery that i talked about in the first one I could not believe when he did that. It was, I was, I literally went into a, a period of time where I was angry with him because I wanted to talk to him. I, I can help you. Why did you do that? You've got so much going for you, so much talent, so much goodness in your heart. So many people love you. You know, and it, it was just, right. it was a really interesting reaction that I didn't expect. I, I, and never in a million years did I think that that was going to happen. That's exactly what happened. So they're valid, but they're not, yeah, don't people, don't put people in those kind of boxes. And um, let me ask you this question. You, you, uh, you called the title good grief. What's bad grief? I think bad grief is that, uh, that negative spiral that downward spiral to where you start um, having, you know, negative behaviors, uh, isolating yourself from people, um, turning down any any offers of help and support, and, and just really, you know, unplugging. Um, that's that's not healthy. Now, is there is there a time for that? And are you going to need some alone time? Absolutely. Hundred um, yeah. percent. Absolutely. And and folks that are trying to help someone that's grieving understand that sometimes that alone time is absolutely necessary. You just um, you want to be you want to be cautious of, of those negative behaviors. You know, somebody that starts you know drinking excessively or, or doing things in a destructive manner. Um, you know, those those types of th- things are obviously I think bad when it comes right. to, to grief. Right. Um, you know, I, I think I said this earlier, um, maybe not exactly like this. I just, I believe that anybody that passes on and leaves behind loved ones, that you are doing them a disservice and not paying true respect to them by having those negative things happen in your life. Because those people, you know, that would just, and, and you know they know, right? So they know what's going on yep. and, and that's causing them pain and angst so um yeah, where just, they are looking yeah down upon yeah us. and, yes. and uh, you, you just nobody would want that for anyone that they love and care about to, to have that miserable 
existence. So, yeah, those those types of things are what I would characterize as as bad grief. I have I have told my daughter I I am of Irish descent, and you know Irish wakes are famous or infamous depending on how you <laughs> right. But I've told her many times, and I think she finally owns it now. That one day when I pass, I don't wanna I don't want this big dark gloomy celebrate my life and have a party. That's what I told her. That's what I want. That is what I want. That is what so many people want. Celebrate my life, all of the good things that were, you know, something to talk about that are worthy, and have a party. And that's it. Yeah. And move and on. No, and no, no, no I'm no, waiting no, no, for don't you. Move on. Move forward. For, move forward. Move forward. Yeah, and know that I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm waiting for you. Right. Right. Not not in a hurry for you to get there. Right. Right. Um, just you know, just know that there there will be a reunion. And for those of us who are, and we find ourselves probably on this side of the equation more than the other, part of the network of people that are helping people through a grief period of time. It's not it's not a one time check in. Just like that circle right. that I described, it has to be repeated. You know, over and over and over again. Check in, offer love and support, and repeat, and keep coming back. And that's what really helps people because none of us are islands. We're all a community, and we need, you know, we're social animals, and we need people. And when you begin to isolate and sort of turn into your own self, that's when those negative spirals can. You know, and something that uh, that just popped into my mind while you're talking about that too is, you know, we. Um we often believe that somebody needs something or needs to be treated, you know, in a certain way because that's how we think they want to be treated or that's how we would want to be treated. And that might not be the case, right? So I think one of the really powerful things that you could do in helping somebody through a process like this is ask them, right? So ask them, how can I best support you? Yes. And they may not have an answer for it. Yes. And it will get them thinking about it. And right. they may come back later with, with an answer. Yeah. Um, just a thought. Yeah, what it means is when you check in with them, you got to listen. Right. You can't just, you're exactly correct. You got to listen to what they say and then react to that and honor their wishes. <clears throat> there are, and this happens all the time, there are people who are literally on their deathbeds. You know, they have a terminal illness of some sort and there are people who are coming to them and saying you gotta fight you gotta fight you gotta do all this stuff you gotta and they're like look it's my life right and I've fought and this is terminal and I'm not saying this is for everybody but sometimes people say I'm gonna let it run its course and what's gonna happen is gonna happen just stop let me do it you know that's another and we have to accept that you know, some some of the scenarios that I've seen that are more inspirational than any are young children that are dealing with terminal illnesses. Yeah. And the selfless way in, that they incredible. go about living yeah. their life. Yeah. And it, it is absolutely awe-inspiring to watch. Now, it's sad, right? And it's upsetting to know that, you know, the families are going through this loss and... At the same time, it's 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 heartwarming to see what it does for communities of, of people, and uh, I, I would encourage you to uh, 
to take a look at some of these videos or, or read some of these stories and uh, make sure you have a, a box of tissues at the ready because <laughs> um, yeah. it certainly can be a, a, a tear-jerking experience. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's impressive to watch. And some of the things that these children say, it's like literally they, they are angels that are just sent down here to interact with There's people. No doubt. No doubt about it. I'm because they are so wise beyond their years. Yes, they are. Yeah. yeah. So thinking back to a previous podcast that we did, the one on resilience, resilience plays a role in all of this. And remember, we were talking about resilience can be and very much is a mindset. It's a predetermined mindset that I am going to. And the layman's term definition of resilience is recovering quickly from difficult circumstances, difficult times. And that can play a role. I think does play a role, a necessary role. And so getting into your own head, remember, we can control our thoughts. Right. We can choose to interpret. We can choose to perceive. We can choose to act in all kinds of ways. And I, I'm not trying to just slap this you know very easy out and say yo you just got to be resilient that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is resilience plays a role in all of this it certainly does uh and people getting the the mindset to say i'm going to continue to move forward i'm going to grieve i'm going to cry i'm going to remember i'm going to do all of these things that i need to do while i'm moving forward and i have decided i am going to be resilient as well and allow myself to recover from this and not feel bad about it. Yeah, some people and their stories, everybody knows them. Something happens to somebody and they bounce back quickly. And people are like, how can you, that's not right. Yes, right. it is. And it's not because they don't care. Yes. It's not because they yes. they love that person right. any less. Right. And, and in fact, you know, you could argue that it's because they love them as much as they did that right. they're continuing to move forward and live a happy and productive life with their memories, their fond memories, and, uh, and, and not engage in negative behaviors and, and so on. You know, I just today I was talking to a person who lost a parent a while ago, and um, the, the mother passed away. And the father, who was married to this woman for many years, is going on a date sometime soon. And there are a lot of people who would say, you know, that's not right. Um, she hasn't been gone all that long, and you're already going on a date. But the daughter of, of these parents said, I am so happy for him. I want him to move on. Um, and I want him to, I said it again, I want him to move forward. Right. I'm, I'm catching myself now. I want him to move forward. And, and she said, I'm thrilled that he's going on a date. Yeah, good for I her. want him to be happy. Yeah. And I, I, um, I just thought that was, it, it struck me as, uh, in, a, in a very positive way. And again, it's not for everybody. Part of the point here is everybody's grief is different. Allow them to be who they are. Allow them to have their uniqueness. <laughs> Accept them, support them, yeah. all of that. And all those other people out there that are thinking what they're thinking, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Mind your own damn yeah, business. I love that about right? you, actually. You, you just, uh, you, you know, what other people think of you is none of your damn business. Right. There you go. There you go. This was a fairly um, in-depth conversation. Yes, and, it was. And uh, I, I, I appreciate 
your um, your willingness to to engage in this conversation. I know it's not the um, not the happiest of, of topics, and uh, and at the same time, uh, it is my sincere desire to share some information that may help someone. And uh, and I know all, any of you folks out there that that I know personally and, and know are dealing with the same things that that I'm dealing with. I um, I love you and I'm here to support you in any way I possibly can. And we will get through this together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all of this, this whole topic of, of grieving, it's normal, it's complicated. Don't ignore it. Talk to people, don't isolate yourself. Learn the best ways to move forward and keep moving. Don't judge people for grieving the way they do. Everyone grieves differently and just continue to love them, as you said. Thank you, Bryant, very much. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Great, uh, great conversation. And I think that we can always uh, be helped if we remember this simple phrase. No matter what you're doing, where you're doing it, enjoy, enjoy the, the ride. ride. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. We are out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Graybeard Chronicles. Please subscribe so you'll receive notification when new episodes are available. To learn more about the Graybeards, visit their website, graybeardchronicles.com.